Hey, and welcome to our summer movie series. This year, we decided to do something different. We decided to have some old movies as well as new movies, and you guys got to nominate and vote on the movies you wanted us to talk about. As for the old movies, meaning movies that were released before last year's summer, first place was Crazy Rich Asians, and that'll be talked about next week. But this week is our second place winner, which is Inception. Inception is a mind-bending heist film by acclaimed filmmaker Christopher Nolan. The main character, Dom Cobb, or Cobb for short, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, specializes in a special type of theft which includes entering into a person's dream and stealing secrets from that person's mind. The movie begins with Cobb and his team in Mr. Saito's dream trying to steal his secrets. Upon getting caught in the process, Saito hires Cobb and his team for a heist, but with a little twist. What do you want from us? Inception. Is it possible? If you can steal an idea from someone's mind, why can't you plant one there instead? What Saito wants to do is plant an idea in the mind of Robert Fisher's mind. Fisher is a young businessman who is about to inherit one of the world's largest corporations that holds the most power in the world. Saito is hoping to plant an idea in Fisher's mind so he would dissolve that company. The plan is to plant one simple idea in his mind, and when that idea is planted, it grows into another idea, then into another idea, and so on. You asked me for inception. I do hope you understand the, the gravity of that request. The seed that we plant in this man's mind will grow into an idea. This idea will define him. It may come to change, well, it may come to change everything about him. Now, in order for Cobb to plant that idea in Fisher's mind, he would have to have Fisher fall asleep and enter into his dream, and then he would have to have him fall asleep within that dream and then go into that dream. And once he's four layers deep, he will plant this simple idea. By the time we hit the bottom level, we bring out the big guns. My father doesn't want me to be him. Exactly. So when you are four layers deep, they'll plant an idea here that will eventually blossom to this idea, and then this idea will eventually blossom to this idea and that idea will eventually form into the final idea, which is that he wants to dissolve his father's company so he could create something new for himself. At first, Cobb's crew is skeptical about Inception, but Cobb knows it's possible because he's done it before. In the course of this movie, we discover that he actually did it to his wife, Maul. Cobb and Maul experimented with entering into each other's dreams many, many times. It turns out living in the dream world is great. They're able to create a world they desired, they could build a city to their liking. And since time passes faster in the dream world than in the real world, Cobb and Maul stayed in that dream world until they grew old, while only hours passed in the real world. But Cobb grew more and more agitated because he knew everything that he was building around him was fake. That none of it was real. Eventually, it just became impossible for me to live like that. And what about for her? Maul loved every bit of it. She began to embrace the idea that this dream world was her new reality. So in order for Cobb to bring his wife back into reality, he decided to plant an idea in Maul's subconscious. Possessed by an idea. This one very simple idea that changed everything. That our world wasn't real. That she needed to wake up to come back to reality that in order to get back home, we had to kill ourselves. And that inception worked. Upon waking up, they thought they can resume their daily lives in the real world. However, the idea that Cobb planted in Maul's subconscious continued to grow. And eventually she began to think that this reality was not real either. Come here! 
my dream. Why can't I control this? Because you don't know you're dreaming. She told Cobb that she wanted to wake up, but Cobb continued to remind her that this was the real world. And even after you came back to reality, that you continue to believe your world wasn't real. One day on their anniversary, Maul set up a scenario where she was going to commit suicide by jumping off the hotel balcony so she could wake up from this supposed dream. If you jump, you're not gonna wake up, remember? You're gonna die, now just, just step back inside, come on. She wanted Cobb to do it with her, but knowing that he wouldn't agree to it, she wrote a suicide note telling the authorities that Cobb was the murderer. So after Maul took her own life, Cobb became a fugitive so he wouldn't get caught. He left his two young children with his in-laws until he found a way home. Now, ideas are such a powerful thing, especially when it's planted in the depths of your being. It becomes the lens in which we see the whole world. I don't know if you notice, but the idea of inception is rooted at the core of the Judeo-Christian tradition. On the very first page of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, we see that when God created humanity, He planted an idea in our minds. And that idea is that we are all created in the image of God. See, scholars, they believe that the book of Genesis was originally an oral tradition, and that oral tradition was passed on to the people who were slaves in Egypt. These people, they were told what to do day in and day out, treated less than human, and were denied basic human rights. And so what these people did is they told each other these stories of how God planted deep within their hearts that they had value because they had the image of God within them. So what does it mean to have the image of God planted inside of us? Well, what do we know about God so far from Genesis? Well, we know He's a creator, which means that we are creative human beings. We know that when God created the world, He loved saying that things were good. We as human beings who are image of God, we love good things. We also learn that God is relational and that He loves community. That's why He's a trinity. And in the same way, we are people who love community also. We don't like to be alone. You see, the small idea that God planted within humanity was eventually supposed to grow and expand and we're supposed to get creative and more diverse and eventually we're supposed to create heaven on earth. But before we could realize that paradise, another idea was planted in our hearts. In Genesis chapter 3, it says the serpent came in and planted an idea inside of Eve and Adam's heart. And that idea was that God was holding out on them. And that idea eventually grew to this other idea, which is, well, if God's not looking out for us, then we got to look out for ourselves. And if we have to look out for ourselves, then we have to make any decision that we have to to make sure that we are the ones that benefit the most. So they started making decisions that benefited themselves and their tribes and not consider the effects they might have on the tribes around them. Throughout the Old Testament, we see examples of humanity redefining what good looks like and they justify their actions just so they could survive and not care for the people who are around them. So the big question that was being asked throughout all the Old Testament is, does God's idea that was planted inside of us win out on the idea that the serpent planted inside of humanity? In other words, does God's ideal for humanity, which is to live sacrificially, to be generous, to love the people around us, live selflessly, does that win out or does the world get the upper hand? A world basically where, where people are living their lives not caring about how their good lives are affecting the people around them. But eventually God sends his own son to this earth. And this son, Jesus, he teaches us, he shows us, he, he exemplifies what God's ideals ought to look like in flesh and blood. And at the climax of his story, Jesus is hanging on the cross demonstrating that ultimate love looks like this, a person who is willing to give up his life for his friends. And this is why a few years after this happened, 
a leader, his name is Paul the Apostle, he comes on the scene and writes these words. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Now listen carefully what he says next. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, the pattern that was set by that evil idea that was planted in humanity years and years ago, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So this passage basically says we need to keep reminding ourselves day in and day out that we exist to live according to God's ideals, not the serpent's ideals. So how do we do that? Well, in the movie, Cobb, he had this thing called a totem. It's basically something he kept in his pocket that was there to remind him when he felt like he was losing grip on reality. Now, according to the book of Hebrews, God also gives us a totem, something that reminds us of what we're supposed to be doing with our lives day in and day out. This is what it says, And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The writers of Hebrew basically says, Every time we feel lost, we look at Jesus on the cross. Because the cross is a reminder to us what this is all about. It's selfless love. So, brothers and sisters, may we no longer conform to the patterns of this world. May we journey through life with our eyes fixed on Jesus. And may we all experience heaven together. God bless.